if you are not careful and you let yourself be captured by the news and all the noise, it can confuse you into believing that there is more wrong in our society than right with it, that there are more selfish people than selfless people. It is easy to fall into this trap because that's how traps work. They are designed to bring you in and keep you there. The antidote to this comes when you realize that the world isn't full of traps. It's full of goodness, a goodness that far outweighs the bad. Every day there are more people that you know, that you meet, that you pass by, who focus their efforts and energy into helping others, in service to others, to making their country, their community better. Just as the saying goes, iron sharpens iron. We draw in strength from service, and our service spreads strength to others. The people who spread that strength often blend in with the noise of the world. They are the teachers, the doctors, the nurses, the veterans, the police officers, and so many others. We refuse to listen to the noise, and we want to spread our common goodness by telling the stories of service of everyday people from our citizen servants. This is the Strength from Service Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Strength from Service, uh, and we're so glad that you uh, chose to join us. My name is Jake Palmer. I am the quiet host in the corner, which is an unusual role for me to play uh, because I'm joined by these two amazing guys, uh, Jack Zimmerman and Mike McLaughlin. Thank you guys so much for being here, and welcome. It's uh, it's good to finally get this thing going after we've talked about it for so long. Yeah, thanks for uh, you know putting all this together, you know, or us putting all this together. It's pretty awesome that we're doing this. Uh, there's so many incredible stories out there that. Um, I'm excited to hear and, um, you know, um, help these people, you know, share their stories of, of uh, how, how much uh, amazing things are happening in our community. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to finally connect on this. I know it's probably been, uh, what, six, seven months uh, in discussion on uh, highlighting in the community of those people that are silent servants and that are citizen servants that are giving back to their community, uh, whether it's police officers, military, teachers, priests, uh, volunteers, people in uh, recovery support, but there's there's an awful lot of good out there, contrary to what we kind of get inundated with on a daily basis. Uh, so really looking forward to capture a lot of those stories here and, and spread that strength through others, service to their community and service to others. Exactly. And uh, the, the, the gist or the part of this show that I think is the most uh, unique is uh, we're trying to hit a different chord, if you will. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk and a lot of support uh, for military and vets that are coming home and uh, especially with the mental health part of things, uh, which is important. And you know, we want to make sure that we take care of that and we want to make sure we, we keep that in the forefront. But there's a lot of other great stories out there, too, which are uh, uh, hair raising. Some of them are heroic. Some of them are funny. Some of them are fun. And some of them are just downright astonishing. And uh, and some of them are great stories, and we want to share those stories and make sure that the, that part of it gets out too, and not always focus on the negative or uh, I don't want to say the needy side, but uh, you know on that that one side. We want to cover all the bases, so to speak, and and get people's stories out there because uh, who knows the guy living next door to you might have an amazing story to tell that he's just had no place to tell it, and we want to be that place. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think it gets lost that you have to be wearing a uniform to be considered, you know, service and to have honor in what you're doing to your, for your community. Right. One of the most common things I have, and, you know, just because me and Jack are, are both veterans of the military doesn't mean we don't see 
uh, those servants and those people making this community in this country what it is. In fact, those are, by and large, the people. The military is just a small portion of it. It's those everyday heroes, those unsung heroes that are actually make this country uh, what it is and, and worth what it is, too. But I've had people approach me and thank me for my service and, you know, man, I really wish I could have joined the military or I should have went back. And you get talking to them and then you hear their story and it's like, well, dude, you're coaching youth wrestling, you're helping develop and instill determination and perseverance and the youth of this community, you are serving. It's it's a different type of service, but it is just as valuable as that service too. And, and one of the things that for me that uh, I think is so important to share about this is, is what got me into a lot of things that I've done, like joining the military and things like that was seeing those people in the community uh, you know, at Veterans Day carrying the flags in at service or, um, you know, all these different things, seeing the guys in the fire truck, you know, or, you know, rolling up hoses after a fire or whatever it may be. Those are the people that inspired me to go and want to do the things that, um, you know, that I went and did. And, uh, you know, with without these stories being shared, you know, um, you know, how do we inspire the next generation to go and do incredible things if we don't share these stories of of everyday heroes in our community. Before we can tell those stories, your average listener right now is going, so what makes these three guys qualified to to share these stories and host this show? So let's uh, let's introduce ourselves so everybody kind of knows a little bit of the story and uh, what what's brought the three of us characters together in the same room and nothing's caught on fire yet. So I'm going to knock on wood, but yeah, we're, we're doing all right. Give us so, some time, man. Well, let's start with Jack. Uh, so just kind of refresh. I mean, I, you're kind of a local celebrity uh, as it is already, uh, Jack. But give everybody a little bit of just, just a quick bio of uh, who you are and uh, kind of what's brought you to the show. Yeah, originally uh, from Cleveland, Minnesota. I grew up there, joined the military in 2009, went to basic training, infantry school down at Fort Benning, Georgia. Completed jump school down there, and it was just a few uh, short months later uh, I found myself in Afghanistan um, with the 101st Airborne Division over there. Very violent area, uh, heavy fighting uh, almost daily, a lot of casualties, a lot of guys getting wounded. And um, I fought down there for uh, um, nine months while I was over there uh, on a foot patrol. We were out there trying to find a Taliban cache, got in a gunfight, and we decided to head back to our base. On the way back to the base, that's when I found myself uh, stuck in a complex ambush where I stepped on IED, um, lost both of my legs, uh, got my arms tore up pretty good, and uh, got flown back to Texas where they put me back together. After spending about a year and a half down there rehabbing, uh, moved back here to Mankato. After I got hurt, just the outpouring from this community, um, I talk about it in my book, uh, I how do you quit when you're pulling, when you have so many people pulling for you, you know, all those people pulling for me, I couldn't give up. I couldn't quit. And, uh, I seen how, how much that could impact my life. And, uh, I wanted to impact other people's lives. I had experiences in Afghanistan that I'm sure we'll share on this show that, you know, inspired me to come back and start coaching a high school trap shooting team, you know, and to, um, find myself working at local things here, like Chili Fest that, you know, every year for rats and vets and being a part of that in, and wanting to give back because, um, so many people helped me and support me after I got back that I felt like, I had to do something to pay it forward, you know, with all these people helping me, how can I go out and make my community a better place? Because uh, they helped put me back together, you know, after moving back, I tried out a bunch of different careers and things like that. And, uh, I found myself now going and sharing my story and all the things I learned after being wounded, um, as a motivational speaker. And, uh, there's this, uh, virus going around. I don't know if anybody's heard of it called COVID that hit. And uh, <laughs> um, it's really hard to be a motivational speaker through a pandemic uh, where we can't gather as a, as a group, you know. So uh, during that time, that's when I decided it was a really good time to write my book. And, and I wrote a book called Five Minutes, 300 Seconds That Changed My Life and uh, kind of tell my story 
um, of being wounded and all the things I learned going through it and uh, how you can apply them to your life without having to go through a, a, you know, a tragic event like I did. Yeah, more than qualifies you to be here, obviously. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. Uh, and, it, and it is an amazing story. If you haven't read the book, I highly suggest you get it. And and we'll tell Jack's story on this show as well Absolutely. Uh, as we continue to move forward. Next in line, uh, our other compadre over here, Mr. Mike McLaughlin. Now, you also have service, right? And are... yeah, yeah, I have uh, some military service, I'd say. For, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm Mike uh, McLaughlin, uh, born and raised in Mankato. Uh, grew up in the north end of town in the, the Turtle Lot. Uh, neighborhood uh, Franklin Falcon and a East Cougar. <laughs> if uh, Jeff Jensen or Luke uh, Winant happen to listen to this, go Cougars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ended up uh, going to South Central uh, after high school. Uh, 9-11 happened when I was a military-age male. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't familiar with a military-age male or a mam as I can call it in the <laughs> yeah. military, uh, that's somebody who is uh, of enlistment age where you can you can serve. Uh, 9-11 happened, and then, you know, the initial push in Afghanistan happened, and they had a lot of, you know, the divisions and stuff that were in there, and then they kind of pulled back, and it seemed to be a lot of special forces and kind of CIA and uh, Defense Department, and so you didn't see a lot of it 2002 and 2003 uh, on the news, uh, and so it didn't really feel like we were at war as a country at that that time, at least at that point, uh, point in Afghanistan. Uh, and then my my uh, freshman year of uh, college, I was at South Central. We had an apartment on the north side of the pit, Hinnaker Pond, a pretty sweet mm-hmm. place to be for oh, a yeah. 19-year-old red-blooded male. Going going to school, and, and two of my buddies that I grew up with had enlisted in the Army and, and went off, and I went down and visited them at their base in, in Kansas. And I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I was a night janitor while I was going to school, and I got two separate calls from both of them, uh, Luke and Jesse, yeah. saying, uh, Hey, we're not supposed to tell you. I'm not, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but we got orders to go to Iraq, and this would have been like July of '03. So right after the invasion, mission complete, and everyone thought kind of we were winding down Iraq, but we were just starting up. Um, and so I, I went back to uh, my apartment that night after I got done talking to both of them. You know, I had multiple roommates and walked in. Guy on the couch was passed out on the couch. You know, <laughs> right. every college place had a guy on the couch. You know, cigarette uh, butts, you know, in the ashtrays, and then every can of beer, bottle of booze we ever drank on the wall. And I remember sitting down thinking to myself, Gotta prove it. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, right, 100%. Um, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have people that I grew up with that are going downrange. Uh, take the whatever you think about the war out of it, but they're, they're answering the call of our nation. And this is the thing that I grew up respecting. Am I really going to sit here and, you know, cigarette, beer can, you know, bottle infested? Uh, apartment and you know it's not a bad gig you know partying in college and living right. by the pit um and so i i more or less came to a conclusion i was like yeah no i'm i'm not gonna do this and so the next morning i woke up at the crack of like 10 uh, in the morning i was a night janitor so give me a little bit of credit you know so i was up late gotta get a full day <laughs> yeah right yeah. away let's get yeah. after it yep and so i literally the guy on the couch i kicked him like hey uh, i'm going to the marine recruiter you want to come with and he's like yeah sure and one of my roommates i'm like hey you want to go to the marine recruiter yep yeah sure we got up to the Marine recruiter. It was all in the mall back then. And uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to enlist. And like both of them looked at me like, you going to do what? No. Yeah, it, yeah. I thought they had free lunch or something. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what? Shave my head and live with men? I'm yeah, in. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and literally the guy on the couch is like, nah, I'm out. I'll just hang out <laughs> out here. I'm good. I'll smoke cigs till you come back. And then the one roommate came in with me. So uh, anyways, we went in. The recruiter, I mean, literally this is. They're redeploying people for the first time back to Iraq for year deployments now on this side is what they're looking at in the summer of 03. 
July-ish, I think, time frame. Uh, and I remember walking in, and the guy asked both of us, the recruiter, did you ever take the ASVAB? And I was like, yeah, I think I did. You know, I can't remember you know, exactly everything Probably. in high school. A little hazy, yeah. you yeah. know, a little hazy there. Uh, he pulled the records, and he's like, oh, you got a 113, and you got or whatever my other roommates was. And he's like, you got a, like a 116 GT score. And I was like, okay, cool, what's that? And he's like, well, you can do whatever you want, and starts rolling out all these options. And naive me, uh, it's like, well, Marine Corps, I was going the infantry. And I was like, what yeah, I want to go in the infantry. Right. And they call it like a wet dream for a recruiter at the right. time. We just started yeah. a second war, and you come in, it's like, yeah, I want to go in the infantry. <laughs> Right, um, and so whatever I, I enlisted, I, I went off. Uh, I finished the the semester, and then uh, moved out of my apartment that winter, and then went off to basic training uh, at Camp Pendleton, uh, MCRD San Diego. Did all my initial boot in the Marine Corps. It's like thirteen weeks long, and we'll get into some of this later. But ended up getting sent to First Battalion, First Marines, my Infantry Battalion, and then I deployed to Iraq with ship transport, uh, my first deployment at the end of 04 and 05, and then my second one to Fallujah, we flew over in 06. Finished up my military career as an instructor, which actually was, you know, if you, you wanna get public speaking and you wanna get comfortable in front of a group, try teaching in front of fellow soldiers or Marines yeah, as they'll, they'll, they'll tear you apart. Yeah. And so like, when you talk in front of anybody else, you know, um, it, it's it's nothing at that point. And right. so. That's probably uh, one of the other big pullaways I got out of the military. But so I finished as an instructor at uh, first uh, first Marine Division, came back home, went to MSU, used my benefits on the old uh, GI Bill, got a degree from MSU, uh, got married in there while I was still coming out of the Marine Corps to my wife, and came back home, worked a few different nonprofit private sector, then back to nonprofit jobs, and uh, got into vet services, and I've been doing the. Blue Earth County Vet Service uh, Director for about seven years now um, and got into helping some uh, national legislation and some testifying stuff out in D.C. through a, a national legislative director position that I have, too. Uh, and then glutton for punishment, uh, <laughs> got elected to the city council uh, last November because I, I see the importance of trying to serve the local community, just not resting on your laurels from your prior service. So what can right. you do today to make uh, tomorrow better? And so that kind of brings us full circle to today. Um, I think we had talked about doing a show like this just briefly off of coming here to do some other stuff with the radio yeah. station and just the real need for it. So glad we got it going. Yeah, yeah, there's so many there's so many heroes in our community, you know, just not even veterans. You know, like we said, you know, with police, fire. It's exciting to see, um, you know, how many people we're going to be able to get in here and, and hear their stories. And for sure, yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 very excited. Also, uh, just to give my little yeah, background, which not as nearly as oh, exciting well. as your guys, yeah. obviously, but I wouldn't say I came from a military family. But uh, my uh, my grandparents on both sides uh, served. My uh, grandma and grandpa Palmer actually met in the Marine Corps, both Marines. Uh, grandma Palmer oh. said she chose the Marines because the men looked snappy. In their uniforms, uh, and they were uh, they were World War II vets. They had that end of conflict plus six months, you know, enlistment that everybody had back then. Uh, both of them stayed stateside and built airplanes. Uh, this will surprise you, but uh, when they uh, when their enlistment was up at the end of the war, Grandma outranked Grandpa because Grandpa had a big mouth and smarted off to the wrong officer and got not busted down. I know, weird, right? One yeah. of my relatives, <laughs> who knew? Uh, big mouth, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, my dad. Uh, he, in a moment of defiance, his dad, as boys will do sometimes, uh, joined the war right at the beginning of Vietnam. And he was uh, also airborne, airborne uh, combat medic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did uh, uh, almost two tours. He was uh, he was going to sign up for a third, but he got wounded and sent home and uh, was never fully the same when he came home obviously right. uh, you know that was a, that was a tough one and being a combat medic I'm sure you guys know is uh, so that 
always had an impact on our household and on our on our life and our lifestyle of of watching dad and the trouble that he went through with that adjustment. And so so you live that firsthand. Uh, then my younger brother, uh, he joined up. He joined the Army. He went to Fort Benning also. Yeah. Uh, never got to go airborne, which he's still upset about. Don't bring it up around. Don't bring it up. <laughs> but he did uh, He did two tours. Uh, he was part of that first crew that slept out there on the edge of Kuwait, waiting sure. for the initial invasion and, uh, and and did mortars. And then his second tour, he was a, uh, he was a squad leader. And so he came back with a couple... Hiccups also, I guess, to uh, downplay it the best I could for now. But at any rate, um, especially once my little brother went over, uh, I started to realize, like, man, there's 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 so much I could have done. And so then you start to feel that that draw. I kind of took it upon myself even back then as a, still a radio guy and self-employed, you know, mobile DJ guy. Anything anybody needed, I was the one who was going to help out however I could. Because, you know, they always say a, 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 an army marches on its stomach. Well, somebody's got to feed them, right? Sure. I mean, you got to yeah. have all those aspects work together. So I just started getting as involved as I could in whatever I could do. We joke on the radio here all the time that I have a soft spot for vets and kids, you know, whatever right. we can do to help. So while I did not serve at the level you guys did, um, it affects all of us. You, you, you don't have to support the war. You don't have to you don't have to like the guy in office, but you have to respect the office. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to you know you, have to, you don't have to like the guy, but you got to respect the office, yeah. and you don't have to agree with the reason that our troops are over there, but you have to support those troops. You have right. to stand behind them because knowing what my dad went through coming home from Vietnam, I said, you know, we have to make sure that these guys don't go through that. That when they come home, there's that support. You know, when they're over there, there's that support. What can we, you know, what can we send? What can we, and I was the guy, you know, you know, yeah, sure. Here's some wet wipes, but here's, here's six marshmallow guns and eight bags of marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Have fun, you know, like, right. get after it. So anyway, so that's just a little bit about it. And, uh, and I'm the guy who knows how to run all the buttons over here. So yeah, we couldn't uh, do it without you. So it's kind of, uh, that, yeah, I can't uh, reach it. So thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, but I'll yeah. uh, I always like, I, as we've talked about this show and getting ready to uh, get it on the air, I, I tell people, if you ever listen to the, uh, the under the hood show where those guys, people call in and talk about their car problems, I'm the guy that answers the phone and goes, Oh, you have a problem with a what now? What can, what can he do about that, guys? And then I turn it over to you two, and you guys you know, can speak to it from a, from a better standpoint. So I think collectively we'll, we're going to make a great team, and I think it's going to be a fantastic show. And I'm really excited to, uh, to dive into some of these stories and hear these stories. And I'm like every other you know, teenage boy. I want to hear the war stories and the cool stories and the yeah. fun stories and, and, and even the, uh, just the, the, the generic stories. I mean, because like I said, there's a reason that everybody signed up. You know, There's a reason why everybody went over there, and it's different for everyone. Yeah, and it's I, your I, why. Some, yeah. some, yeah. of, some of my, my best actual war stories are just gross. They're not scary or right. yeah, 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 I'm right. not even sure if I should share all of them. Because, yeah, right. you know, somebody's recording this. Yeah. <laughs> There is that, yeah, yeah. Some of the, yeah, some of the stuff is just, you know, because, uh, and again, I, I always feel awkward like saying things like this in front of two guys who've been there. But you know, my brother used to always say, and my dad agreed, combat was, you know, it, it was twenty three hours and forty five minutes of boredom and fifteen minutes of terror. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was it. Most, just, yeah, most of it. Yeah, most of it's just sitting around, like what, what's next? And so. Um, it's about the ninety ten rule, yeah. somewhere in there, right? Yeah. So and and so it's it's neat to find out, you know, to get to, to, to those stories and those people and those bonds that people form in those situations, you know, and uh, how those bonds last forever. Well, even that's that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm learning something now. I had no idea about your your brother and your family yeah. history on that. So thanks for sharing that. Um, that I think it's funny. Uh, I don't know, funny. I think it's. It's uni- funny. Unique from family to family, how you hear uh, prior service family members 
treating, you know, a grandson, a son or a daughter, granddaughter, a niece enlisted in the military. Uh, it was, it was never a, a thing for me of, with my dad saying, yeah, you need to go in the military when you get out of the school uh, or when you get out of school or when you get out of college. And then when I, I called him and said, hey, I, I'm enlisting uh, and I'm going in the infantry, it wasn't uh, a trying to talk me out of it. He tried to talk me out of the infantry uh, side <laughs> right. of it. You know, he right. said, just because I was infantry doesn't mean you have to be. And that was it. But uh, the autonomy to make my decision um, wasn't tainted by his thoughts or his opinion. And I don't blame anybody for who, who does the other way where you know because of my experience, I don't want that for, for my child. I can completely respect that. And I can also completely respect the... The military did an awful lot for me, and I want it to do an awful lot for people that I care about, too. Yeah, even after everything that I've been through, uh, I go back and do it again in a heartbeat. Uh, I met some of my best friends in the whole entire world um, in the military. Uh, I got to get out of here for a little bit and go see different parts of the world. And, um, you know, uh, it's pretty cool when when I came back. You know, I, I felt like everything that I had been through and all the experiences I had and— uh, where I was at in my life, uh, I really didn't relate a whole lot to my high school friends when I got home. You know, I mean, we're still friends and everything, but we didn't have as much in common, you know? And one of the coolest thing about Mankato is, is, is how tight the, the veteran community here is in Mankato. And, and, um, every once in a while I, I'm surprised. I'm like, Oh, you're a veteran. I'm surprised I haven't seen you at one of these events before or something like that. But, um, you know, you almost feel like you almost know who every veteran in this town is, you know, after a while. And, and, uh, it's truly, a uh, uh, a group of guys that can that that can lean on each other and and uh, it's built on a network of uh, really good people that like you that serve as a veterans uh, county service officer. You know, you're kind of the cornerstone of the county of of all veterans, really. Well, here's a, uh, an interesting question for you guys uh, <clears throat> on our first show. Here's we just kind of get the show off the ground, but I'm curious to know, um, and I think, and a lot of this comes from the the Vietnam era with the with the draft, and uh, people talk a lot about the difference between the guy who uh, the guy who volunteered and the guy who got drafted, and uh, just the different mindset. Do you think that, and I guess you could probably have to speak for yourself, but do you think that uh, your mindset going in and your sense of I don't I, I I hate to use the cliche words of you know duty or purpose or honor or whatever, do you think that that is different because you were able to sign up on your own accord, your own fruition, you weren't doing it to spite your dad or doing it because that was what the, the guys in the family do, you know, that kind of thing. It was, it was your decision. Does that, do you think, make a difference or do, do you notice a difference in that from some of the guys you served with? Yeah, I've said for a really, really long time that I hope we go down as the second, gen- second greatest generation ever just because we were an all-volunteer army for, through the longest war in U.S. history, you know. Um, you know, I mean, you had the longest war. You didn't have to have a draft because there was enough people that, you know, wanted to go serve and, and those capacities. Obviously, you know, we, we weren't serving at the same amount of troop levels as we were during, you know, World War Two and things like that or Vietnam. But, you know, it was the longest war in U.S. history um, done by all volunteer army. And uh, I think that a lot of times the army held us accountable for that, too, while, we, while I was there, you know, um, whenever, you know, guys would get that, you know, how, why, why do we have to be doing this? Why do, hey, you volunteered for this, you know. Right. And um, I never had an attitude like that. Personally, I volunteered for everything. Um, every day that I was in uniform, I looked at it as an opportunity to serve my country every single day. And uh, um, I really wanted to make the people back in America proud, you know, um, of, of the work that I was doing, you know. And, um yeah, I honestly think that being a volunteer really changed the dynamic of the military and, and the people that were there. And I think it's it's a much better culture 
when everybody signed up to be there than sure. were drug in by their, their shirt collar, you know? I think that's a sneaky pro tip there, Jack, though. The, the military, the more you volunteer for stuff, then you stop getting picked <laughs> for things over time. One of my one of my favorite things, like when they're platoon sergeant and their first sergeant liner up, okay, I need five volunteers. And there'd be the one guy in the back, what for? Okay, I need four volunteers. <laughs> you just, just got volunteers. Exactly. For it, so. You're going to find yeah, out yeah. in a minute. I think yeah. it's called voluntold. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I respect Jack's take on that. And I would echo a lot of the same sentiment. But I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater on him when it comes to the draftees in Vietnam because I've met quite a few of them who are very patriotic and proud of their service. And just like the, the guys that and gals that enlist and served uh, during these conflicts, I ran into some, you know, uh, you know, pretty not satisfactory Marines and soldiers while I was serving Absolutely. too that were just disgruntled. And, um, you know, in the, the military, there's the, the term blue Falcon, uh, out right. there that I would label them as, you know, essentially the, the toxic type people to serve around. Not everybody. Bad friend. Yep. yep no, bad friend. Yeah, we, won't, we don't explain what Blue Falcon means, but I guess if this isn't on the radio yeah. version, maybe we could say it someday. But um, but yeah, and so I think that, that might uh, get over-highlighted on the Vietnam era just uh, because of the attention that was paid to the, right. the ones that were significantly against any service at all, let alone in, in the war. And I, I am happy to a degree that we are an all-volunteer force, but I do think, like a lot of countries, some sort of national service, not necessarily the military, uh, Conservation Corps, Peace Corps, uh, you know, forest fighting, you know, trail building, something along those lines where you take uh, the self out of being the center of your world and, and focus on a team for an extended period of time and focus on others for an extended period of time. I think that's one of the probably undersold values of the military People think you're robotic and the military doesn't encourage free thinkers. That's crap. But right. you're encouraged to be a thinker in the military. And actually, that's why the U.S. military, Marine Corps, uh, Army, Air Force, Navy has been successful uh, post-World War One. is we learned the doctrine of small unit leadership. The commander doesn't spell out exactly what you're going to do. They tell you what their intent is, their commander's intent, and then you fill in all the finite details and execute because on the front lines – you're observing and taking and have, have a much shorter feedback loop than somebody that's behind you. Right. And so in, in the Marine Corps and the Army, our base unit is a four-man team. So you'll have a 20-year-old that's in charge making decisions mm-hmm. on, on objective, on site, as he or she sees fit, as things are coming at them. And so you have to be able to think. And so I think that um, the, the freedom of uh, thought and uh, the relief from self uh, and more commitment to the team is one of the biggest benefits of military service and i think it translates elsewhere in any sort of service too as well call that like an empowerment basically yeah. you know they're 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 empowered and it's and, and i know i know it's changed and i know service has changed and i can remember uh you know through uh, when my brother came home there were times where you know he had struggles especially that first you know first couple of years back and i remember my dad saying I understand, but I can't talk to him because it's a we have different experiences. It was a right. different war for me than it was for him, and that, a lot of that I think has you know it's just the the technology and the tactics and the way they change and and the way the way warfare is fought now is completely different. You know than it, from you look back to World War II to now. I mean, it's just you'd never dream of you know Battle of the Bulge kind of a scenario. I mean, it's just you know right. that's not how it works. Well, and support helps, but it, 
but you, it is a journey that you have to figure out, you know, eventually come to terms on your own and, and figure that out. Not that you don't have support and not that you don't have right and left lateral limits, you know, kind of guiding you along. Uh, but you essentially have to come home with the help of others, but it ultimately ends up being something you figure out, as, at least from my experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely takes time to readjust and, and get used to being back in the community and, and figuring out where you fit in. That was my yeah. biggest struggle when I came home was um, I, I left and at, for Afghanistan uh, expecting to do 20 years in the infantry. Um, you know, continually going back to Afghanistan is what I looked like my future was going to be. And uh, I was happy about it. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, one day, I take one step and and everything in my life was was different. You know, my arms didn't work. My legs didn't work. Um, Obviously, being an infantryman for the next 20 years of my life wasn't going to be realistic. Uh, My hopes, my dreams, my aspirations, um, everything that I wanted in life, really, that I had been focusing on for the last, you know, few years of my life as I kind of figured out where I thought I was going to be the rest of my life. all that kind of, I mean, uh, no pun intended, but it just kind of, you know, got blown out of the water, you know? <laughs> and, we can all uh, see yeah. that pun coming. Right. Everybody can see it coming. Yeah. Blown out and, of the moon yeah, yeah, blown out of the dirt, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so for me, I, you know, I, I was really lost in my world. Not only did I, uh, you know, not, not in the military anymore, the one thing that was kind of uh, our, our ultimate structure, but uh, I really didn't know, you know what my limitations were anymore you know i spent 20 years you know building this uh person up of who i was and then uh it all got tore down real fast one day and i kind of had to really really find my new identity honestly um this is an unfair question for for everybody but does the military uh the 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 the, the training the discipline the that building is that the kind of thing that makes someone like you bounce back, come back from that? I mean, I, I think of like an average guy, uh, you know, a, a, your average dude who gets blown up like you did um, without that desire and that determination, which I think some of that is here. It's in your heart. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were born with a lot of that, obviously. Uh, but there has to be that uh, never quit, never stop mentality that it gets trained into you in the military that that helps you make it basically for lack of a you know fancier term yeah I've, I've said for a long time nobody really knows how tough they are till they have to be you know yeah. um uh i knew we knew we were kind of getting into um you know you've seen guys getting beat up a lot stuff like that um but you know nobody ever knows how tough grandma is until she's going through you know you see her battling you know and all of a sudden you're like dang grandma's tough you know <laughs> and you know it's, it's kind of the same mentality you know um yeah, I mean, definitely um, wasn't, you know, expecting to come home um, wounded. Sure. Um, I really thought it was going to be one way or the other. You know, you either come home alive or you come home in a box, you know, and that's kind of what I thought. And there was really never that thought of the middle ground a whole lot. And honestly, being a, a 20, 21-year-old super cocky kid that had been gunfighting day in and day out, um, really kind of, you know, after a long time being there doing that, you're like, <laughs> can't get me you know, you know you know i'm bulletproof you know you can't you can't get me you know and uh the thought of like you know being in this situation and and having to you know grit out these things and and being a competitive person you know uh me looking at uh a day laying in bed feeling sorry for myself uh that's a check mark for win for the for the taliban you know they won that day and right. and to, to allow them to feel like they took something from me for one day or one second of my life uh no 
No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's helpful, too, when you, you come back and you transition uh, from that survivor's uh, guilt uh, into uh, a survivor's success. And I, I need to make these days count uh, for those that aren't here to get their days uh, back or don't get a whole bunch of tomorrows like I do. And so that was that was a big uh point of turning point for me coming back home and transition and looking at focus of my efforts to uh, make good on the promise that yeah I will you know be a living honor to your memory not just yeah. not just at a ceremony not just you know when you know, it's the day to do it but when nobody's looking the day in day out stuff the the grinding it out to make my little piece of this earth as best that I can and and to try to take advantage of all the opportunities that I have which are a, a whole whole lot of opportunities in this country and maybe that's the integrity we had beat into us at in the military you know of, of doing the right thing even when no one is watching you know it's it's uh the kids are gone for the weekend and and uh the wife's off doing something and, and you're laying in bed and it's all comes the beanbag chair and chills, yeah right? yeah or, 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 or do you put your gym shorts on and, and go go get that lift in because you know the taliban's training today you know i still yeah. I mean, I'm obviously, I know I'm not going back to fight the Taliban um, realistically anytime right, soon. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, every time I go to the gym and, and, I, and I'm trying to get that one more set in or trying to get that one more little, you know, that rep in or whatever, I honestly think to myself, you know, hey, the enemy's training right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to train a little bit harder. Whatever that enemy may be, you know, maybe maybe that enemy's diabetes. But, uh, you know. It whatever, looked like it for a little yeah, bit for yeah, you. Whatever yeah. it may yeah. be, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're always fighting that enemy, you know. And, and uh, you know, it's Maybe that's that's my why all the time of why I'm doing things is 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 trying to be a better person every single day, you know, trying to be a better dad, trying to be a better husband, trying to be a better community member, whatever it may be, um, you know, because uh, it, it contributes to my country, you know, and and uh, if I raise good kids, then hopefully there'll be another generation of, of people that are willing to serve in some capacity and maybe not necessarily having to jump on a plane with a gun and go fight in a different country, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this: uh, Did either or both of you? Did you guys play organized sports in uh, in school? Is that something? Because I, I hear that a lot that that's a good building block, and you know, for you know that next step into the uh, into the military. Is that something you guys each did or not? Yeah, I was a football player and basketball player, and um, one of the. Uh, big draws for me to join the military was as I was starving to be on a team again. You know, I, I really uh, I love that atmosphere. I love training with um, other people every single day um, to get better at something. You know, and that's kind of what I looked at as an opportunity that the military gave me. You know, and and uh, there's really the cool thing when I was talking to a recruiter that really drew me in was as there's no ceiling on how much you can do in the military. You know, go right. for it. You know, I mean, if you want to go do every school in the army and and they're not going to stop you as long as, as, as you as you you know meet the requirements made to do those things. As long as you can perform, yeah, yeah that's the big thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no, uh, and that your your recruiter was Tony. Tony, Tony yeah, yeah. the guy I went to high school with was oh, yeah? his, his recruiter, Tony nice. Brown. Is he Master Sergeant Brown? Yeah, now? yeah I'm not. I don't think he's a uh, um, command sergeant major. Yeah. Day, he's but. another Mankato area uh, fellow that graduated from East in 2003. So another service story in the area that that recruited jack into the the military actually did my started my ocs package when i got out of college too i went and worked in the private sector instead pays better turns pays out better. turns out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no 100 percent. so so you played sports too mike or not yeah uh it's actually uh I, I uh got to make the the current president of the united states laugh uh, i got to meet him here when they signed a piece of legislation in the white house last year and he asked me he's like did you play football in high school and i <laughs> 
I said, uh, yeah, yeah, some. And he goes, well, what position, position did you play? I said, I played left out. And he, 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 <laughs> he got it, too. I was, you know, that, that was, I was like, well, that's you know, good. I, I got a chuckle out. That's but, pretty good. Uh, left out. That's my, my, my primary sport that kind of had my, my passion the most was lacrosse. Um, and it was a, it's still like it, like it is now. It was a citywide team. So you got to uh, bridge the school divide and make friends from West and Loyola on that side. And uh, it was a, a real kind of a, a gritty sport at the time because it was a lot of the big schools in the metro, like we like to call them cake eaters down here, <laughs> uh, you know, the yeah. Edinas, the Egan's, the Lakevilles, the Apple Valleys. And then you get like the, you know, uh, Holy Angels and Casino <laughs> right. Graces sure. of the world, yeah. you know, the real cake eaters. <laughs> and so then you would have this, you know, bad, new, bad news bears type of group coming out of Mankato, uh, rolling up in our own hodgepodge Mad Max type convoy. <laughs> Um, where we would just be real willing to fight people literally out on the field. And at that, that time, it wasn't regulated by the uh, high school athletic association. It was all club sports, so we didn't really get suspended for any of that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, what are you going to do, kick me yeah. out? Right, yeah. yeah. This, well, here we are. That's you know, a mutual friend of ours. That's it was the only sport he ever played, uh, and that's you know, kind of what drew him to it is kind of that <laughs> Mad Max-esque of it. Uh, so, yeah, I played that, and I, I did – uh, some wrestling uh, in like grade school, and I did basketball through uh, junior high, and um, you know a few other sports. My my parents always had a philosophy: is we'll let you try about anything except for hockey. That costs too much, right? Uh, right. Yeah. 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 You well, too, huh? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Well, while well, you're a garbage man's kid, yeah. you know, even even back then, people weren't just throwing away hockey pads, <laughs> so they couldn't go pull those out of the dump. You know, you go find old football every now and then and throw that flat thing around, right. but not a, not a good set of hockey pads. Uh, and so, but the only thing, and that maybe that was another instilled thing is, you know, you can try everything. You don't have to like it forever. You don't have to stay with it. But when you make a commitment to the team for that year, you're finishing that season out. You're not right. stopping right. through the year. And that started, um, you know, when I was in kindergarten doing T-ball and flag football, it was, okay, if, if you don't like it, that's fine. You already made a commitment for the season and you're not backing out on your team. You will finish it out next year or whatever year you don't have to play. And so I, I kind of take that approach with my kids too in sports, uh, and still in the the team above self uh, side of it. So that's that same attitude at our house with our kids have always been. And here, Father of the Year, I didn't even mention in <laughs> talking earlier about my son who's in the guards. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just skipped right over that, but yeah. he played lacrosse, and uh, which was a sad day for me because he was an amazing baseball player. I mean, it was just natural yeah. for him. And but he had a cousin who played lacrosse, and so he wanted to play lacrosse. But I will say this: when he started playing lacrosse, it made him a much, much better football player. Yeah, it really upped his aggression. And uh, had it not been for an injury uh, his senior year, he uh, he was getting shopped by uh, both Madison and the Spartans. Super Michigan. cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was the two things in high school that I'm I'm very happy that somebody talked me into doing. And that was one was lacrosse, and I was like, well, what's the buy? And it's like, well, you can hit people and you get to hit them with a stick too. Right. So I can hit them with my body and a titanium shaft. Sign me up. Oh, man. Yeah. And then the other one was uh, at my job. People ask me a lot like, hey, were you admin in the Marine Corps? <laughs> and I was like, no, I was in the infantry. And they're like, well, you, you type really well. And uh, I was like, well, you know, that's a, a buddy of mine uh, at you know, Mankato schools freshman year. You're able to take electives is the first time mm-hmm. you do it. And there was a class. I think it was uh, it was Mr. Hogan, uh, but they offered keyboarding. It was keyboarding one you could take as a freshman and two, three on the way up. Um, and I was going to take like a, a drafting class, like, you know, like, hey, something useful, I'll do it. And one of my buddies is like, nah, man, you should take keyboarding. And I was like, well, why would I take keyboarding? I'm going to take drafting. I already got, you know, woodworking and I'll take drafting. And he's like, 
because, dude, there's no homework and it's 80% women in that class. And I was like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> I took, Say I took no all, more. Ma- max keyboarding until I think I took keyboarding three. And so now I can type like it's nobody's business. And that's, people are like, oh, that was really smart. And I was like, hey, well, you know, my, my grandma used to say, talk about tough grandmas. Uh, you know, make sure all the grandsons, she'd say, make sure you're thinking with your big head, not your little one. <laughs> Thanks, hey, Grandma. I reversed that one and it paid off on, on the long run, you know. It's the same reason I took home ec as a senior yeah, in high school. Yeah. I need one credit. Hey, we can go cook and hang out with the girls. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Yeah. We're in. We're in for sure. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I'm excited for the uh, for the, the 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 launch and the birth of this show and and what it's gonna what it's gonna morph into. And we're gonna hear some great stories from some local people that, like I said, your your neighbor, the guy or gal living next door to you, might have an amazing story. And we're gonna share a lot of those stories. Uh, a good reminder, also, we're gonna you know we do this on the radio uh, in a shorter, more condensed, you know, uh, radio appropriate version. And then there's always a long format that will be uh, in podcast form that you can get off of uh, different podcast services as well. Uh, our website uh, at ktoe.com. So there's there's a lot of ways that you can uh, you can grasp this show and listen to it. And I should point out also to um, let us know what you think. Yeah. You know, I, I always encourage people to uh, to communicate with us, especially listeners. Uh, we can't we can't make adjustments if you don't tell us what you like or don't right. like. And sometimes Minnesota nice gets in the way of that. So don't <laughs> let that get in the way. You know, uh, you can always email me here at the station, uh, Jake. P at radiomankato.com and uh, and let us know or maybe you know somebody that would be perfect for the show we'd, right. love, we'd love to talk to them and and the, and again uh, strength from service that's what we're looking for people who served and you mentioned it to, at the top of the show Mike but uh, you know it could be doctors it could be nurses it could be a school teacher it could be uh, you know I know a guy who is uh, super big with the Boy Scouts he's touched and sure. affected more lives than most people we know and uh, mm-hmm. you know that's that's a form of service also and and a lot of these people have great stories and and uh i'm just really excited and anxious to share them and including both of your stories too so i'm looking forward to uh, everything that has uh, yet to come uh so this is our first show this will probably go a little easier a little quicker but uh anything any, any final thoughts or uh interest about the show or anything at all guys before we wrap it up really at the end of this all what i what i hope to get out of it is like i said in the beginning is just sharing these stories um you know so uh people realize the the sacrifice or the service that these people are putting into our communities but more importantly hopefully these kids that are listening to the car you know or wherever it may be dad has us on in the garage way sweeping it out on a saturday or whatever it may mm-hmm. be that they hear these stories and it inspires them to maybe not follow but definitely don't follow my footsteps but uh, <laughs> follow, follow you know following the following the footsteps of, of of the people that were that were willing to go out and serve in their communities and inspire them to do the same and whether it's coaching t-ball when they have their own kids or whatever it may be but um you know stepping up and and being willing to put yourself out there to make other people's lives better. No, I, I couldn't. Uh, I could not agree more. It's uh, it's interesting. I think we probably all have this memory of where uh, a a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or somebody told a, a story about when they were younger, and then you realize, like, wow, they uh, they were like a real person, like <laughs> a cool person. You know, when, when my grandfather passed, that was in the Marine Corps. I remember looking through the pictures. And he's fresh out of the Marines, and he's got the aviators, and he's got the hat, and he's got the, you know, he's yeah, got the cigarette. Guy? And I'm like, look at this guy thinks he's James Dean. 
that's my grandpa. He's one suave dude. Look at that. Yeah. You know, I mean, so sometimes you. It's like when you run into a teacher at the bar and you're like, oh, teachers are people too. Yeah, I forgot about beer. that. Yeah. Weird, yeah. yeah. So sometimes you can learn a lot about uh, a grandparent or a relative uh, through some of these stories, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to share a lot of them. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do this. It'll always air right here Saturday mornings on KTOE or, of course, uh, online at KTOE.com and all of our other podcasting uh, options for you as well.